blessing. Well, if I lived in Northern Virginia, I'd join Crossroads Baptist Church. I'm not biased or anything. I would. What a joy it is. The joy of my life to pastor this wonderful place. We got a job to do. We run out of time. Whatever we're going to do for the Lord, we got to do now. On, by the way, I'm still getting texts. I got texts for $500, $300, $100, $50, so uh, what a blessing. So, yeah, but Nita, just hold off on that amount till I can, can get a final amount. We have former members that still tune in online that are, that are in different states that are sending in money online. What a blessing. We're all in this together. If you got to be squeaky clean for God to use you, you have to throw out half your Bible. Especially your New Testament. You have to throw out everything Paul wrote. And you don't have much left if the Bible's written by squeaky clean people. You're just going to have a front cover and a back cover. And the words of Jesus. So God help us. Well, today I want to, to begin in a new series that we'll dive into for the next several weeks. So we're going to stay in the Minor Prophets in the book of Habakkuk. So could you go there with me? Some of you say, who? <laughs> What'd you say, Pastor? Back up. <laughs> Habakkuk. All right, so we get to the end of the Old Testament. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. Uh, maybe you can go backwards. Come on, you can stand. If I wait for y'all to find it till you stand, I'll be done with the message. <laughs> Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. Before Malachi comes Zechariah. Before Zechariah comes Haggai. Before Haggai comes Zephaniah. Before Zephaniah comes Habakkuk. So if you want to go backwards from Matthew, you get there quicker than you go forward from Genesis. You know what? Don't even find it. Just look up on the screen, all right? <laughs> practice at home. Do your practice at home. Then next week, you be, I'm going to find Habakkuk fast. And then I'm going to change the passage on you. <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 2. Second chapter of Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, I'm going to read today. I will stand upon my watch. Set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. And make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Somebody say amen that God doesn't lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not tarry. 
Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. And notice the scripture said by his faith. Huh? So you can't be living off nobody else's faith. Preach, pastor. I'm about to. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, for the last several weeks, even a couple months, we've spent our time in Haggai. Haggai, like Habakkuk, is one of the 12 minor prophets in the word of God. So, now we're going to spend time in Habakkuk. I want to take some time to give you just some background information about Habakkuk. To remind us of how pertinent what God said to him is to us. Now Habakkuk, this minor prophet, is a contemporary of Nahum, Zephaniah, and Jeremiah. He is, by contemporary, I mean he prophesied around the same time of these other prophets. At the time that Haggai is writing, Nebuchadnezzar, and when you see Nebuchadnezzar, you see Babylon, you see the Chaldeans, all of these terms the same people Nebuchadnezzar and his people had defeated Egypt and now they were about to attack Judah now understand when you talk about Israel you talk about northern and southern kingdom the northern kingdom of 10 tribes is called Israel the southern kingdom of two tribes is called Judah they were divided after the reign of Solomon each of these kingdoms went through their own destruction Judah is going to go through punishment and they're going to be destroyed by Babylon and this is what's getting ready to happen from the hand of Nebuchadnezzar Habakkuk name his name means to embrace or to wrestle and we'll see in the passage that Habakkuk did both he embraced and wrestled verse 1 of this book tells us very quickly what Habakkuk's state of mind was Verse number one of the book says the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. So when we read this this passage of scripture, this book in our Bible, although small in the back of our Old Testament, I want you to know you're reading it from a man who's burdened. I wonder if there's anybody in the building burdened today. He makes the statement, how long? How long? He, he cried out. He could not understand why God's people were living the way they lived. And it seemed like God did nothing about it. So he cries out, how long? How long? How long? In verse number 2 of Habakkuk chapter 1, he makes the statement, uh, even I cry out unto thee. He says, I cry unto thee of violence. If you notice Habakkuk 1 verse number 2, the first cry literally means a call for help. The second cry means to scream with a loud voice. To cry with a disturbed heart. I want you to tell you something. This wasn't a guy that was upset because his alarm clock went off late. This wasn't a guy that was mad because of traffic. This wasn't a guy that was upset because his favorite team lost. This wasn't someone that was upset because his food didn't come out hot enough. He was burdened. He was broken. And my friend, he was crying out from a disturbed heart. Violence, injustice. Strife, sin, all sorts of shameful deeds were going on and nobody seemed to care. And here's where Habakkuk struggled. Not only did no one seem to care, it seemed like God didn't care either. How long, God? 
How long are you going to let these people live this way and do nothing about it? How long are you going to let them get away with this and do nothing about it? How long are you going to let this injustice go on and do nothing about it? How long are you going to let this immorality go and do nothing about it? How long are you going to let this crime go on and do nothing about it? How long are you going to let these people do sin and do nothing about it? It seems, God, like you're watching it and you don't care how long. So God responds. God responded by telling him he was at work. How many of you know God's at work? God said, I'm at work. God was going to raise up the Babylonians to punish them. He was going to raise up Babylonians. Now think about this. These Babylonians were ruthless, cold, arrogant, idolatrous, immoral, godless people. They were about as wicked as wicked could be. And yet God said to Habakkuk, I'm going to raise up the most wicked people and I'm going to use the most wicked people to judge my own people. Can I say to you that is not the response Habakkuk was looking for. It makes sense to him. Remember, his name means to embrace and to wrestle, embrace and to struggle. So now he's struggling. He's struggling with balancing two things. How can he balance the wicked's prosperity and the righteous oppression? I can't understand, God, why you will lift up bad people to judge good people. I know that your people aren't doing right, but I can't understand why you will use people doing wrong to correct people that are doing. Could I say to you folks, listen to me, God expects more out of his kids than he does those that are not. And so do you. And so he says, God, I don't understand. So God meets him in his confusion. And in so many, said, so many words, God says, look here, Habakkuk. You just don't have to trust me. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. It doesn't seem like it will ever work out. But you're going to have to just trust me. Watch this now. You're going to have to quit worrying and you're going to have to start worshiping. Somebody listen to me preach now. You're going to have to quit worrying about what I'm not doing. And you're going to have to start worshiping me for who I am. I know you don't seem to think it's ever going to happen. It's ever going to come true. I know you're wondering if these things are ever going to fix. I know you're wondering if this situation is ever going to remedy. I know you're thinking this thing is never going to get right but I'm telling you you've got to trust me and then he makes the statement in chapter number two verse number three which is what I want to deal with for the next several weeks he said Habakkuk I'm going to do what I said I'm going to accomplish my will and what I said will happen here's what I want you to understand Habakkuk though it tarry wait for it now to tarry means to to linger to delay, to hold back. Now, we're going to spend some time jumping in this passage of Scripture. But this morning, I just want you to think about that this morning because I know that I'm preaching to a group of people who are sitting back in your life thinking, there's stuff going on in my life that seems like God is not paying attention to. There are things that are happening that are unfair. There are injustices that are going on that seem to keep on continuing. There's sin amongst people against me that God seems to let slip. People on my job doing wrong, they don't seem to get corrected. People sneaking around doing doing dirty and they don't seem to get caught. Seems like the, the righteous are being oppressed and the wicked people are prospering. And some are disillusioned this morning because you read God's word, you hear what God says, you understand that God's made promises, and yet it seems like, God, nothing ever is going to happen. No breakthrough is going to happen. I counsel people, hear calls from members of our church who are going through a valley, and this valley seems to get longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And just when they think they see improvement, it
it gets worse. And just when they think they see a breakthrough, the door closes and they find themselves frustrated and burdened like Habakkuk was. And some of you in this building today are about ready to lose hope. You're about ready to throw in the towel because your prayer hasn't been answered. Your request doesn't seem to be heard. Your phone call doesn't seem to go through. And it seems like God's not paying attention. But I've come to you on the authority of the word of God to tell you what God told Habakkuk today. If God said it, he's going to do it. Here's what I'm telling you. Though it tarry, you better wait for it. Don't lose hope. Don't get discouraged. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because let me tell you something about God. He doesn't lie. I said he doesn't lie. He keeps his word. And somebody's had something on the list for a long time. Something in your life for a long time. Some burden that God seems like he's never going to answer. Listen to your pastor this morning who tried his best to listen to God. Who told his prophet Habakkuk what to tell his people, which is the same that I'm telling my people today. Though it tarry. Now listen to me. You're going to leave church today. Just about every problem you had at home before you came here going to be there waiting when you get back. You can't get up tomorrow morning and sing the blues like God's dead. Life is over and nothing is ever going to get right. I'm trying to tell you God is at work. God is on the move. God keeps his promises. God doesn't break his word. God knows what you're going through. God's clock didn't break. God's not unaware of your problems. God knows your calendar. God sees your bank account. God knows your budget. God knows your body. God knows what the doctors say. God knows what the scans show. God knows what the child's doing. God knows what the crazy people are trying. God knows what they're acting like on your... God knows what the devil's busy up to, but though it tarry, you got to be determined to wait for it because he will come through. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you help us for your people who are burdened, struggling. Help them to know that you're there. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask you a question. How many say, Pastor, I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I know that. I have Bible reasons to prove it. If you know that, would you put your hand up? I know I'm saved. Put your hands down. I may say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I got some stuff in my life that I'm, I want to happen fast. And I, I, I get burdened. I get to asking God how long sometimes. And sometimes my worry affects my walk. And would you pray for me, Pastor, that I'd have enough worship in my spirit. That though it tarry, though it doesn't come as fast as I think it should. I've learned to wait for it. Would you put your hand up all over the room? My, my, my. All over. God bless you. Put your hands down. I wonder how many say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. Please pray for me. I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. Anybody like that? Would you pray for me? 
Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. Anybody like that? Would you slip your hand up? I don't know I'm going to heaven, but I know I don't want to go to hell. Raise your hand long enough for me to see it. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I'm not sure if I died to dad go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Please pray for me. We'd be glad to help you. We'd be glad to take a Bible today and show you how you can know you're going to heaven. Father, would you take these burdened believers today and give them the strength to wait for you? Oh, God, you're worth waiting for. If there's anyone in here not saved, would you let one of them find somebody today and let them show them how they can know for sure they're going to heaven? This is, this is real. If you're here today and you're not sure you're going to heaven, in just a moment, we would love for you to excuse yourself out in the foyer. We'll get some workers to help you and show you how you can know you're going to heaven. I'm talking about dying and going to heaven the moment you die. Listen, we're all going to die. I'm talking about knowing that the moment you leave earth, you're going to wake up in the presence of God. The Bible tells you how you can know it. We'd love. There'll be workers in the hallway who'd love to tell you about it. If you'll, if you'll just in a moment get up and go back. They'll come with some announcements in just a little bit. And you feel free to step out and let somebody show you how you can know you're going to heaven. Now, Lord, do a great work with your word for this couple that's come to unite with Crossroads. We thank you for what you're doing. Continue to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. You're here today and you're interested in joining Crossroads Baptist Church. You also can slip out. We'll get our workers to help you. We'd love to talk with you about church membership or your walk with the Lord, any of that. We'd love to have one of our deacons or our couples talk with you about that. They'd be glad to answer any of those questions. If you're glad you came to church and listened to the word of God and the music today, let's give God the praise.